This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio Show on Community Radio 3CR, 8.55am digital live streaming and a whole bunch of ways you can listen to 3CR. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio, we're a little show about bicycles, cycling and related transport issues coming to you from the studios of 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. And today is the 22nd of October 2018. Beautiful, sunny, mid-spring day and it's just absolutely glorious out there. And I'd say it's glorious even despite the fact I'm suffering a little bit from so much pollen and stuff around at the moment. Even though I think today's pollen index is moderate, I'm just feeling it a bit. On today's show, uh, I've got a really lovely interview with Tim Taylor. Tim is a endurance cyclist and you're probably thinking, oh, I could never do that. When you listen to what Tim's got to say, how he started off and what he does now is an absolutely incredible story. I probably could have sat down and spoken to Tim for several hours listening to his story. And, you know, he, if you, you know, in the interview, you'll, you'll hear when he first started off of the, the, the ordeal he went through to ride one day to Fed Square and how long it took him. And subsequently, in the la- just over the last decade, he's rode over 100,000 kilometres and across continents, across Australia. Um, an interesting ride where he kind of combined the indie pack route with Race to the Rock. And <laughs> absolutely fascinating story. And uh, ooh, news and events. Oh, I don't know if I've got time today, but there's so much on. We've had... Uh, Finally, the state government have uh, promised to do St Kilda bike lanes after Daniel Andrews saying uh, in the last few years we won't be having any of that. Is it another election promise? Probably. They probably realise that um, if the political advisors and spin monsters have got a clue, they're after every single vote they can get their hands on. And uh, the interview I did a fortnight ago with Janenka Brook from a Melbourne commuter, we did uh, had a bit of a free-ranging interview on all those lost opportunities that the uh, Andrews State Government missed out on the last four years but not uh, applying a more fine-grained approach to active transport when they're doing stuff like uh, the level crossings uh, projects and a phenomenal amount of stuff that the major roads authority, I forgot the uh, thing of many names in the right uh, order, that they've been doing in the last uh, four years. And all this is leading up to November the 24th, the state election. It goes around again. Also, big hi to uh, everyone up there in uh, Bendigo, the Bike Palooza, and um, the uh, Australian Walk Cycle Conference is coming up soon. I think that's at the end of uh, this week or end of next week. 
I'll put some of that details into the podcast. And also, it's getting crunch time for saving the Noble Park Velodrome down at or Dunblane Road in Noble Park. The uh, Greater Dandelong Council seem to be uh, pushing along with their foregone conclusion to demolish this historic velodrome. You might remember back at the end of August, I interviewed Kim Nguyen about this. It's a velodrome that was built in the 1960s. Uh, we're only seven years off with um, its actual construction date, but we worked out it was built in the 1960s by the Noble Park Cycling Club and Influence and that from Kirby, who was a mover and shaker in Melbourne media and did Pedals Club and a whole bunch of stuff in the 50s and 60s in Melbourne, this velodrome was initially built for kids. It's very interesting. It's a very relaxed velodrome. And the uh, Greater Danlong Council, it's very interesting what's starting to come out in the last like, month and a half. We found out what they think they can get away with and their... Um, Let's just say their consultative approach has been fascinating. So there's a meeting on tonight at Greater Dandelong Council. If you go to uh, the Greater Dandelong Council uh, website, there's a thing there where you can ask for public, uh, put in public uh, things for tonight's or public questions for tonight's meeting. I would strongly suggest if you're going to do that and you you live in the area and that form doesn't work, CC it to their front door. Also CC it to all your local media and um, your local representative, which down there for state is Daniel Andrews, because um, apparently there's some problems with getting some questions through on the form. So I would say do backup, do a screenshot and ensure that your viewpoint, if you live down there, Mulgrave, Noble Park, Springvale, and you want to keep this velodrome as open space and access, and get onto it. You've got till noon today. Anyway, back after the break, I'll be uh, an interview I did with Tim Taylor. Now, he's going to start off with an anecdote of what happened on one of his rides. And just bear in mind, during this interview, we did it at a local cafe. There is a bit of background music. You, you easily, you know, get used to it. Tim, if you're listening, I hope you enjoy the uh, Hoodoo Gurus track that I picked. We'd never do that, Freddie. Excellent. We're planning such a good time with you, Freddie. Come to the screening of Bohemian Rhapsody on Thursday, November the 8th from 6.30pm at Palace Westgarth Cinemas and have a real good time with Freddie Mercury and Queen. Tickets are 25 full, $20 concession online at 3cr.org.au or from the station, 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. You can also call 94198377 during business hours. All funds raised go to keeping 3CR on air. The best thing was when I went to William Creek at the pub on the Unidata track, so that would be... Um, and what happened there? Uh, well, I, I got into William Creek at 
lunchtime mm. and everyone at the pub knew me because all the caravanners had been stopping and asking me what I'd been up to and I walked in into the door and it all just went silent and Sue who was who's I don't know if she still is but was running William Creek when I was there came out and said oh good afternoon Tim how are you and I'm like oh and she said oh, we, we've known you for the last sort of two days with all the caravanners you've got a, a tab going because everyone's bought your beers so you've got this tab already so it was just a, a lovely welcome and outside William Creek there's these pay phones and I asked Sue if you needed a, a phone card or coins and she said oh who, who do you want to call and I said oh my dad and she said, well, just use our phone, that, that's fine, because I hadn't spoken to him for three or four days. So I rang Dad, but he was in a meeting, and it just left the South Australian number. And so when he saw his phone, he was in this panic, because South Australian number, he hadn't checked his messages, Dad being Dad. So um, he rings Sue, and Sue said, no, Tim's fine, just relax, we've given him a free accommodation for the night and I'll get him to call you at dinner. So when I went back for dinner, Sue's like, can you please ring your dad straight away? Because <laughs> he's worried about you. Okay, so this huge ride you went on, just, just, just give us a bit of a background about yourself. We're talking about the overlander, the kind of not the Indian Pacific, but you also did chucked in a bit of race for the rock at the same time. Yes, yeah, okay. I did all three. Okay, so a little bit about yourself. Well, I've been originally I started life as a, um, or when I left school, a wooden boat builder and was heavily involved in sailing. And I got heavily overweight and I was always overweight at school. And I got into cycling because. I'd finished up sailing, I was in, just down in the dumps, I was sitting on the couch and I could hardly walk from the couch to the front door, I was that unhealthy and I had an old mountain bike in the shed and it took me eight hours to ride into Fed Square and back home and um, I, it was the first time in my life I didn't feel my joints were sore, I just felt exhausted and so the following week I tried it again and the, the rest is history. So over the last 10 years, I've cycled the world. Uh, so I've been across countries such as Sweden, Canada, America, and Europe. And this trip was, I was volunteering for a charity called the Avalon Centre, and they wanted to raise funds for a home and start the Avalon Homes Project. And I thought, well, I loved bike riding. But at the time, I'd lost my best mate to cycling. He was, he was struck by a car and killed. And so I'd sort of got out of it. But I thought, well, I'm not going to the, um, to the charity, which was only 10 k's from home, to volunteer, getting the tram and all that. I can ride my bike. So I started, got back into cycling. And at the same time I was thinking right I'm I love long distance cycling I'll go and um, go for a big ride for the charity and at the same time the, the first Indian Pacific wheel race was on 
and unfortunately we all, all know what occurred there. We lost Mark Hall and I had only just met um, Jesse and the Curve um, group and I thought, well, instead of me just riding to Darwin or somewhere, a great way to support Jesse and Curve would be to do Jesse route of 2016 Race the Rock followed by 2007 followed by Indie Pack. So that's how the three came together. So I thought I could obviously raise funds for the charity but also say to Jesse, hey, that people are still out here having an adventure, keep your, your head up and keep doing what you do. I'm Tash Sultana and you are listening to 3CR. Please subscribe. Do yourselves a massive favour. Thank you very much. So where did the term the walking cyclist come from? Oh, I was... I'm not actually sure, but I... um, I'd be, I, I still cycle um, Audax heavily, and Audax yep. is a long-distance cycling club, and I joined up with Instagram in Sweden, and I'd flown across to Sweden to do a 2100, um, I think they're called LR, LRM rides, which are 1200k rides or greater. So that sounds a bit similar to what um, our Great Southern Randu over here? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I've done oh, a couple of times and, and volunteered on. So I, as I said, I, I was going across and riding this 2100 in Sweden and I was just sitting in the, the hotel and I thought, oh, might as well join Instagram. And I just, the walking cyclist, I thought, oh, I'd been walking all day and I'm riding my bike, so <laughs> that, that's, it, there was really no thought to it. I just, so how many k's do you reckon you've done up in the last decade or so? I've done over 100,000. I've mm. done Audax riding. I've been a member of Audax, I think, nine or ten years, yep. and I've cycled about 63,000 uh, club miles. So how many brevets would you have? <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. Um, early on, I was doing ten thousand a year. I'd had. Uh, I'm. I'm not sure how long's a piece of string, but um, I've got brevets from California. I've done Paris, Brest, Paris, the twenty one hundred in Sweden. So they're my international brevets, and then. Um, the rest have just been Australian ones. So, incidentally, what was your time for the PBP? Uh, 74 hours and 8 minutes. So, for the listener, that's um, you've got 90 hours, hours. and 1,200? Yeah, PBP's uh, 1,220 or 1,240 kilometres. So, you've got 90 hours to complete it, and it's from Paris to Brest, back to Paris. So, to bring this back to the... Uh, to, to, the, to, to Earth because you've done all these astronomical amazing things and you were saying earlier that it took you like forever to get into to Fed Square. Yes. How did you 
find the impetus in those early, early days because there's a lot of people out there who feel they want to write. Mm. They may not want to go to a certain level, but they want enough, um, you know, inspiration to get around. Yeah. How did you do it? Um, I, I was probably scared I was going to die is mm. how unhealthy I was. Yeah. And I was scared I was going to end up with type 2 diabetes. So to put in contents, I'm 42 now. So I probably, that was probably when my late 20s, 30s. And the first ride, they were challenges. But I think I, I mentioned I had, um, I was very heavily overweight at school. And so I didn't have a lot of friends at school. I didn't have... I've never had a girlfriend, for example. And cycling was, wow, I'm 30, I'm like a kid again. And I had no confidence, I had no, um, everyone at school would say, you're too fat and ugly, and I felt awful. But cycling, when I jumped on my push bike, it was like a kid again, and no one was telling me I couldn't do it. No one was, criticising me of my old Gary Fisher steel mountain bike I had. Oh, Gary Fisher. Look, you just started off right there. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I, I've still got it. Yeah. And what kept me going was, hey, these are, I was like a kid again. And it was, I could ride to the city and I set myself challenges and that um, I was so used to doing everything on my own and I'm sort of feel naturally comfortable riding across the country on my own. It was that, that challenge. And then once I got my fitness up, a friend of my um, dad, dad used to, was a professor at Monash University, and one of his colleagues introduced me to Audax. And he said, oh, there's some, some rides. He may, he, maybe in a few years you'll might do the Alpine Classic. Well, in, I signed up for the Alpine Classic in six months, and that that kept my my interest up. So, how did you find that first thing of doing that that those mountains? Because people would look at that, and go, "I can't do that. It's impossible." It it was sort of. Um, I wasn't used to cycling with so many people. Luckily, I'd done around the bay in the in October. So, around the bay was my first big challenge, and I ticked that off. It was a maze that I could ride 200 k's, and it took me, you know, all 14 hours or, or something. And when I got to the mountains, um, all these people would pass me, but I still knew from my experience that, hey, it didn't matter, I, I still rode for eight hours. It took me to ride into Fed Square and back, and I had the confidence that I'm just going to plod along and keep, and keep at it. And... It was wonderful to see the volunteers keep encouraging you and, and um, yeah, but to, I remember when I finished the, the Alpine, I think, I, I know I got, got in under 13 hours, but I, um, I can't remember my, my time, but I remember standing in the main street of bike ringing my sister to, to say, hey, I just, just did these. So you got the Rouge Lantern. Oh, pretty much, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
This year's TILDA, Melbourne Trans and Gender Diverse Film Festival, is packed with stories that represent the rich tapestry of trans and gender diverse people's lives. The program runs from Thursday the 8th to Sunday the 11th of November at Footscray Community Arts Centre and celebrates the best trans and gender diverse cinema on offer, along with Q&A sessions with festival guests and opening and closing night events. Program details and tickets are available at tildamelbourne.com. A 3CR supporter. But this is the thing which people need to hear is like, you can start from nothing and build, and it's what we're hearing here is listen to your own self-confidence if that's a term I could mm. use and believe in yourself and don't and actually don't put really hard timelines or goals you you, you took the full time to do it yes and it, and to be honest I wouldn't have cared if it took me another two or three hours it was just the at that stage it was just the challenge and take as long as you you need and, yeah. and to listen to yourself but the the other thing I can always remember is people when I started um, cycling with groups, uh, this is back mid-2000s, like, oh, you can't ride just shorts and a T-shirt, you need cycling gear. And I was like, oh, all right. So I tried it, but it felt like I had a nappy on. So the following week, I just ended up in shorts and a T-shirt and I've been wearing daggy shorts and a, um, a sports top for the last 10 years. So well, there you go. There's another lesson, wear what you feel, feel comfortable, comfortable for you. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Again, a lot of the people who listen to our show are interested in advocacy and riding for transport or just mm. getting to the shops. And there's some really powerful things that you're saying. It's like believe in yourself, do what feels comfortable for you, mm. allow yourself all the time in the world. Yeah, and have an, have an adventure. Don't, don't as, I, as I said, the, it was because I didn't have friends or, or anything at school, getting on my bike, it was freedom. It was yeah, suddenly... Yeah. Um, Hey, I'm I'm going on this great adventure, and um, and that's I, I don't want to um, I'm not advertising Curve or anything, but I, I bought a Curve GMX, and that when I jump on my my GMX, that's what it feels like. It feels like oh, we're going for another adventure. It's essentially get yourself a good bike. Yeah, or a bike that fits. Yeah, and yeah. I think um, don't I always look at it that. Just because one brand seems to be the most popular, that doesn't mean necessarily mean it's the brand for you. Just, you know, accept what your funds may be. And yep. Just um, a bike is better than no bike, but don't get so fixated on one brand. Have a, a look at different brands, and if, if you enjoy riding one, that's all that, that matters. Yeah, because it's the thing with cycling is not just a, you know, a isolated activity in terms of all this kind of fake competitiveness mm. and uh, pressure gets put on people to do certain things that are asked of them or you should be doing this because of you know, a certain trend dictates. Mm. And we're, I'm just hearing like a, a great life lesson what you've done in the last 10 years and if you apply very basic principles of what you've done, um, you can you can ride a bike. Yeah, and you can cycle the world as I ended up doing. So, and you know, you don't need, um, most of my rides around town, I just use flat shoes. I don't have cycling shoes or, or anything. It's just 
basic stuff. I'm pretty pleased to hear that. Because <laughs> I, I went through a whole thing of like, you know, trying to wear road shoes and SPDs. Mm. And that's fine when you're off-road. I find in the city sometimes, because I'm really short, I have to dab. Mm. And it's like, ah, no. And my balance isn't too good either. And it's just like, you set yourself up for fail. So listen to what you um, yeah. you know, what you need to do. Yeah. And it, I started doing um, the shop rides. Mm. And they do a... Um, the shop rides I'm talking about are, are William Jenkinoff, is that Jack Jenkinoff, yeah, yeah, and Tessa. Yeah. yeah. And the Wednesday ones I, I love, they're a more technical ride, but there are sections I don't feel comfortable. So that's mm. all right. I'll, I'll just take the, the nice, easy path. I'm not embarrassed if I feel out of my comfort zone. Mm. So so what? Yeah, because uh, the Jenkinoff's up there, just up the road here in Northcote. They do, what, three rides a week? Yeah, Wednesday is a sort of a cross um, off-road type ride. Um, Thursday's bike paths and Saturday's sort of a more technical off-road um, one as well. And I think they go for usually an hour or just, just over and then... It's pretty gentle in the mornings and there's no, there's like no drop. No drop. Everyone's welcome. You can ride what you like. Today I've got my old touring bike because I've got to go into town after this and everyone's welcome and you feel welcome and if you don't feel comfortable doing a section like I don't, I just take the easy yep. option and, and smile and, and that's what it's all about. It's, it's the bicycle to me has given me so much because I'm making friends now mm. which I never had at school yep. and everyone's so supportive and um, I hope that I can give back to to the cycling world because I as you mentioned I've done so much it's nice to to hopefully encourage people to sort of as I say put the, the iPad down and and have their own adventure Hi, I'm Elise Platt and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am on your radio dial. Um, outside is free and up yours indoors. I think I remember keep on reading these hashtags. Right, yeah. From, um, the indie, oh, not the indie pack. So, Tim, what's your... Uh, any, you know things for the future um well one one thing i did discover when i cycled across canada i didn't have anything planned when i got back so i thought oh, i've done all this cycling i'm nice and fit now so i just sat on the couch and my my hips went in the wrong direction yeah. um but this i um heavily back into audax uh so i've got a, a 400 kilometer ride this weekend up at cobram and training up for a, what's called a super series in Tasmania, which is a two, a 300, a 400, and a 600 in a week. And that's at the end of Tasmania. Uh, sorry, not the end of Tasmania, at the end of February. I was about to say, there's not enough roads at the end of Tasmania. <laughs> Tasmania yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot of roads right down the bottom. And then from there, I am starting to um, seriously start training for Race to the Rock 2019, which will be and, and the charity that you're writing uh, for? Um, I, volu I volunteer at 
is still going along. That's in East Malvern. But I've got I've been a bit quiet the last few weeks because my auntie broke both her wrists. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I've been helping my, my auntie. So unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but family, family mm. comes first. So we'll um, just keep pl- plodding along with, with everything. Anything you want to say in closing or anything you haven't said? Um, no, I just... It's, it's been wonderful to... Uh, I'm a very private person, so it's been wonderful to sort of um, be able to tell my, my story because a, a lot of people have been encouraging me to, um, to tell it. And if anything, just to have an adventure and it doesn't matter what type of bike or, or what it is, but um, just to enjoy life and be, um, be kind to everyone and, and help those in need. But if you are feeling a bit down in the dumps, there are people who who do love you and um, support you and like I was just if you can find that inner strength um, Williams Creek pub pub yeah <laughs> go back there Sue will welcome you and you'll be feel you'll feel um, 100% again was an interview I did with Tim Taylor and that was at the tail end of a uh, shop ride for Jenkinoff Cycles and uh, I'll put the um, details to the Jenkinoff uh, shop rides into the podcast they do about three rides a week and I said no drop that's all I've got for the show today thank you to Tim again for being extremely gracious with his time podcast should be up uh, later today or on Amerisite yarrabug.org forward slash radio and uh, 3CR announces we're all volunteers and we rely upon you to keep us going so go to 3cr.org.au and look for the subscribe or donate button thank you so much for listening today uh, next week faith and val should be back in the studio have a fantastic day out there it is certainly an absolutely lovely day You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.